Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucking avians? What the fucking adians? What the fuckaholics? What the fuckstables? What the fuck ups? And what the fuckadelics? What the fuckadelics is right. This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the show. A great show today, actually. I, I very much enjoy my guest, uh, Mike Lawrence, who's a real deal. You know, you meet people. Uh, he he uh, featured for me out in uh, in New Jersey at the Stress Factory. He's he's a full on true grit nerd. I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but he's he's just the real deal. He's a very earnest, very honest guy, and he's a real fucking comic. And uh, I just uh, love the guy. And uh, he was on a live one not long ago, but um, I needed to sit down and do the hour thing because I get a I get a real kick out of him, man. Up front. You know, uh, you don't meet a lot of people like that, but uh, and he's uh, insanely funny, great joke writer. So look forward to that shortly. Pow! Look out! Just shit my pants. All right, uh, should I finish that? I just, I really just wanted coffee, and it's almost. I have to stop myself from doing that in public. Uh, the justcoffee.coop thing. All right, enough with this. Enough with the advertising till later. These are the ways we make money here. Do you think I'm self-indulgent? Can we talk about that for a half an hour? Do you think, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I went to see a guy about a thing uh, uh, in my brain, uh, not a not a, a uh, physical growth, but uh, I saw, I talked to a little therapist guy about some stuff. I don't want to go into it uh, too specifically, but uh, he brought up this Enneagram business. Does anyone know about the Enneagram? Could you please tell me because... I am on the precipice of becoming mystical again, which I don't need. I did just buy Van Morrison's Astral Weeks on 180 gram vinyl, and that'll send you. I did two days ago sit in the middle of the day and listen to the uh, Pink Floyd Animals in its entirety. And if that's not a cry for help, I don't know. That's without any self-medicating. Just me and that record on a couch. Me and Pink Floyd Animals on a couch midday, and it's rainy outside. How is that a, not a recipe for, for celebratory suicidal ruminations? I didn't have that. I just love that record, Pigs on a Wing. Are you kidding me? I am having the best midlife crisis that I possibly can. It's, it's relatively inexpensive. Uh, it doesn't require anything dangerous. As I've told you before, it just, it's just tubes and vinyl. This is my midlife crisis. Welcome to it. And anybody that comes into my house, and, and I imagine this is the same, with people that get into the fast car business or whatever, the new house, the new boat, the uh, the new women, I'm just going for for my tubes and my vinyl. But if you walk through that door, you will be sat down and you will be asked what you would like to hear on vinyl. I've done this with three people who have come into my house lately. Seth Green and Gary Goldman and my friend Ryan Singer sat them down in the chair in between those two speakers and, and said, what do you want to listen? Two of them chose Dylan. And I made them listen. And I made them appreciate it. I don't know if they're just indulging me. I, I don't know if it, if it, it sounds as good as uh, I think it does. I Whatever. Am I self-indulgent? Seriously. Enneagrams. What do you know about them? What do you know? What do you know about Gurdjieff? 
What do you know about that guy? I don't know anything about him. And I actually went to look for a book that I'd bought on Gerd Chief, a biography of him. I think it was called The War Against Sleep. It's the one book I can't, that I, I, that I didn't take with me throughout all of my travels. Now I want to know about him because he was sort of like uh, the godfather of this Enneagram business, which is a, a geometrical construct that represents a, a series of triangles uh, and, and some sort of axis, but it, you can crack any personality uh, type with it and, and how they connect with other personality types. Why am I doing this? I have to be beyond this. It's just to provoke new stuff. If you don't put new shit in, no new shit comes out. I got to put new shit in to my brain because I looked up my personality type and, and apparently the downside of it is that on its unhealthy side, it could tend to be self-indulgent. Am I self-indulgent? Is talking about me constantly self-indulgence or is it just my point of view? Do I need to talk about other things? Is that what you want from me? Do you want me to speculate on uh, class war, global warming, um, television shows? I do that sometimes. I think we can honestly all agree that I've evolved into somebody who is allowing uh, people to make it about them. It's not always about me. Uh, it's all the same shit, folks. There's a short menu of human behaviors. There's a short menu of things that people do to uh, hurt themselves and other people and fuck everything up. It's really just a handful of things. It's not that complicated. So when the, when it's summed up or, or it, it, you, the nail gets hit on the head, uh, you're sort of like, holy shit. I'm not that interesting at all if there's if this is an actual disposition, if this is a context that fits me perfectly. It must be fairly general. That's why I got to put new shit in my head so new shit comes out. Apparently, the machine is not unlike many other machines. <laughs> Look, I played Monopoly the other night. All right, that's, uh, that's something I did. I think me and uh, Jessica have entered the uh, board game phase of our relationship <sighs> yeah monopoly that's where i'm at monopoly buying time till baby time baby conversations Whew. monopoly i don't play board games i don't play games don't like losing but i clearly i've matured because i hadn't played monopoly i don't think ever all the way through and now that i understand what a mortgage is you know what jail is and what uh <laughs> what taxes are you know what owning property is it's got a, it's 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 different you know i i never realized it was just you know programming our youth for the capitalist environment that they're going to be living in you can either be a slumlord or a restaurant a hotel owner you can hold a, an sro i've got an sro on baltic ave uh thinking about babies makes me panicky I I I think I would be a good father, but thinking about them makes me panicky because, like, I think, like, I, I just like, like, if I think about having a baby, I'm like, oh, what if it dies? Like, that's it goes that quickly. That's how I'm already freaked out just thinking about a baby. It's like, oh, look at it. it's dead. I've got to fucking change my thinking if I'm going to enter this world. Don't get all freaked out. There's no seeds planted. Nothing is growing. But you know. We gotta act soon, or I'm gonna be a hundred. Gonna be like, ugh. Do you want to feed daddy? All right, look, this is getting dark. 
I see that the uh, holiday movies are coming out. The Christmas and seasonal films. I didn't really realize, or maybe I didn't notice that they're actually doing Hanukkah movies. Uh, which I, you know, I, I just never, I just never noticed that there were seasonal movies for Jews, but, uh, there is no doubt that guilt trip and parental guidance are Hanukkah movies. I, I, the coming attractions for guilt trip between Bette Midler, Billy Crystal, uh, uh, Barbara Streisand and Seth Rogen. You know, if I see those commercials within one hour, I get a weird feeling that I'm in some sort of, uh, you know, post, uh, Friday night service reception. <laughs> it's like I'm standing outside of a temple. Very familiar territory. But but good. I'm glad we finally have Hanukkah movies. Oh, okay. Before I forget, I will be in Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, December 6th, 7th, and 8th at Helium. Come down. There might be tickets left. Okay. All right. That is all. Look at that. An I Have Issues <laughs> I know. Uh. shirt. An I Have Issues t-shirt, which is a box of comics. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, <laughs> my girlfriend hates this shirt. <laughs> Where'd you get that shirt? Uh, someone gave it to me. It was, it was a present. I'm I'm one of those very like honorable people. Anytime someone gives me a gift, I'm like I have to wear it. You yeah, know? I'm just happy to get something. I'm, yeah, I don't get a lot of. Sh- do you thank them? Do you do you? Yeah, to shoot them an email or someone come up to you at a show and just give you that. Uh, no, it was it was a, it was a friend. Yeah, I always if you give me a T-shirt, I will wear it in your presence at least once. It doesn't matter how shitty or novelty it is. That's very sweet of you. I yeah. I wish I could say the same. I mean, I get some things. I have to separate uh, the stuff that is. Uh, this is a thoughtful gift, and this is me pimping my shit. Yeah, and I, if it's an artist, I don't mind if they pimp some shit. I'll put on an art T-shirt for a little while. Yeah. But then I went through a period where I was not going to. Uh, I was very against wearing T-shirts with anything on them. I was a, I was a tabula rasa man, blank slate. Nah. I'm not going to fucking parade any <laughs> bullshit on my chest. See, I was one of those like I just wanted to belong kind of people. I I remember I went to a Bell and Sebastian concert and I bought the T-shirt there and put it on, <laughs> and all those fucking judgmental assholes were just staring at me. And my friends, you get, you got to take that off. You can't. He's like, I can't be with that guy. He's like, you're the dude who's wearing the T-shirt of the band. He's like, but I want him to notice me. <laughs> You wanted the band yeah. to notice you? Yeah. <laughs> Look how much I care. I love you guys. I can't even remember Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, the, the, the dude has like the real lispy voice. Like, oh. we rule the school. Uh, <laughs> you still, uh, still listening to them? Not as, not as much. <laughs> I, yeah. Any any time I, I don't have to listen to a band I used to like, I almost feel like it's, oh, I don't need them anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've grown. I'm beyond that. Those emotions that they evoked are behind me. Marilyn Manson was like, it's okay. You can go fuck girls now. (laughs) (laughs) He let you go. Yeah. I release you. Yeah, yeah. You were a big Manson, Marilyn Manson? Oh, I was. Oh, my God, yeah. I I love that shit. He went went to my community college, so it was kind of- Where was that? uh, That was uh, Broward Community College. Oh, that's right. You're a Florida guy. Oh, yeah. Broward County. Yeah. You lived in, uh, what was it, Fort Lauderdale, Davie? What's yeah, one? Davie, yeah. You're from Davie. Yeah. <laughs> right down the street from my mother. I, I had no idea that Marilyn Manson was a Florida guy. That all makes sense now. Yeah, it really does. Tell me about, man, uh, Florida is fucking weird. 
Oh yeah. Like I used to hate it, and I don't know what we. I know we've talked once before on the mics. I don't, I don't know what's going to repeat itself, but we uh, we'll have a longer conversation. We'll, we'll, now. we'll find out, and someone will tell us. That, that's, that's the great exactly thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I heard Mike Lawrence already covered that shit with you on the live one. Why is his dad still an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> Why does he get that shit fixed? Yeah, he should be over that. It's been six months. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad's alcoholic. Well, he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yeah, He's yeah. better now. Yeah. Oh, has he passed away? No, no, no. He's okay. alive. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a uh... sober dude. Yeah, I, I, I went to AA meetings when I was a kid. Oh, that's fun. Oh yeah, a lot of cigarettes, coffee. I can't imagine <laughs> with the weird cryptic uh, charts on the wall, the twelve steps and the twelve traditions. How old were you when you went to an AA meeting? Seven. So you're seven. You walk into yeah. like at that time, everyone's smoking. You're... I was prepared for uh, the future of open mics that yeah. I would be going to. <laughs> oh, I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> Tough crowd. Uh, these needy assholes. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's. I'll, I'll tell you this. You take your kid to. Uh, an AA meeting when they are seven, they will never go to one by themselves. <laughs> Ever. No. Just Unless you take scared, them several times. Scared sober. You know, yeah. <laughs> At seven. Oh, yeah. I mean, and well, the thing was that, uh, you know, that the prayer that they do. Sure. That was, and I would I would have to hold hands yeah. with like just two so fucking alcoholics. Yeah, uh, not a lot. Like maybe... Less than 10 times more than five. Grant me the serenity to accept the things oh, yeah. I cannot change. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell is this yeah. shit? You know, yeah. like that was my introduction to religion was uh, the people who needed it the most. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. That's a sweet thing. Yeah, but it, <laughs> at least you saw it in action. Yeah, and my yeah, my dad quit AA. Oh, yeah? Partially because of the religion and all that, and he was like, I could do this on my own, and, and he did. Yeah. Uh, he was he was a really bad uh, alcoholic. That that was the I said it's the main reason that my parents divorced. Right, and uh, is he uh, is he a cranky old bastard or has he got uh, no is he, he a serene motherfucker? He's the, 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 like kind of sad, remorseful. Like, oh, good. Like Bruce Banner after he turned into the Hulk. Like I know what I did, and <laughs> just like mournful. And just, he felt bad about all of it. I when when I was. This is this is how you know you're the son of an alcoholic. When I was born, he was in the hospital on a different wing because he had fallen asleep and got a pneumonia while fishing. <laughs> he just passed out with the yeah, and got fucking drunk. Became a Jimmy Buffett song, and yeah. So he's uh, he's he's still remorseful. Beats himself up about it a little bit, but when that that phase is done, what, yeah. what happened? I was raised joint custody, so. Right. One week I was at my mom's, and one week I was at my dad's. How far away? Both in Broward County? Yeah, about like 15 minutes. That's so wild. When, yeah. yeah. So you just drive across town? Yeah. I had. I mean, yeah, I had two childhoods, basically. So you, 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 or you, none at all. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I had two childhoods. So um, when you go over to your dad, which one was the one where you were like, yes, thank God, I'm here? Dad. Because <laughs> what's, what's the my, difference? You, mom was a bad cop? Well, mom... Was with another dude, got remarried, had a kid, so I didn't really fit in that picture as much. But a guy who feels really sorry for the shit he did is going to buy you a lot of pizza and video games. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Pity pizza. (laughs) That's the guy. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I loved him. Um, You know, and we would, I mean, I love my mom too, but like, you know, we would go like see wrestling, we would go to the arcade all the time, and it was just, you know, it was, he was the fun guy. He brought you to wrestling, like uh, professional wrestling? Oh, yeah. Back in the day before it got, uh, well, I don't know, how old are you? I'm uh, 29. 
So it was already on its way to becoming quite a, a, a sort of, uh, not just an orchestrated spectacle, but a large business at that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always been orchestrated. but No, yeah. no, I know. But it wasn't like the sort of homespun, car lot, uh, yeah. veteran hall wrestling. Where- oh, yeah, where every territory had their own champion. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. like the Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I grew up on Hulk Hogan, which uh, is, that goes back to the t-shirt thing. Yeah. Because you would always go to wrestling events with your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. And even, even now to this day, when you see like wrestlers in the ring, they always have their own t-shirt like cm punk will go to the ring with whatever new shirt he has sure man so you, and i always i was like that's awesome yeah. he really cares about himself yeah <laughs> or you, if you were to go back in time you're like i gotta get one of those is that available yeah <laughs> but i was also probably the only wrestling fan at a bell and sebastian concert <laughs> well i think it's something i i don't know uh but the comic books were important too right oh yeah so you were, I, I, like, I didn't, uh, I'm trying to think what I did when I was a kid. It, it wasn't that. I mean, I was more of a music kid, but uh, I guess the escape of it was uh, what was satisfying. Like, oh, you yeah. Know, just get lost in a comic or go to the rest. Well, well, it was just that, like, you know, in real life, you know, if your parents die, you just you know have problems getting erections or something like (laughs) if your parents die in a comic book you throw batarangs at people that beat the shit out of clowns you know like fucking cool stuff happens you know like your uncle gets shot and you can climb up walls (laughs) in 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 real life it's just like thursdays make you uncomfortable That's no superpower. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's that there's that awesome like wow because like, every like, every comic book something horrible happens. You well, know? so that it's sort of like a mythology that made you uh, comfortable with the idea of death in a way, or at least avoid it effectively, or frame it a different way. Yeah. That's interesting. I never really thought about that. I mean, I understood the entertainment of it or, or, or like this gets me out of my head or my life, but the actual framing of like, well, hey, I can handle death in the yeah. comic book. <laughs> yeah, because like there's so many real life problems in comic books that are fantasized and awesome. Like, I mean, Captain America is just a dude who took steroids. Yeah. That's his origin. <laughs> they just gave him steroids. But it's not like his, you know, balls are small or anything. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> I mean, there's no, like, big, you know, bald patch and just acne. You know? Right. It's like, no, he just gets to, like, punch Nazis. Right, but well, there, haven't there, like, later when, uh, you know, comic books became a, a sort of more established, almost uh kind of campy punk rock art form that weren't there some people that did you know alternative uh stories for some of the established superheroes wasn't there a superman oh, yeah. book that was written by somebody else or it wasn't a, where he was in russia i don't remember what it was but i i remember that someone did an alternative take on the superman story oh they do of- those all the time yeah those are like the elseworld stories or what if yeah where, yeah, yeah they're the fantastic yeah i love that like yeah it's like here's the uh you know um fantasy version of the real stories of these characters because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're just like that's not how it happened <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong yeah. i can prove it anytime something changes like that's not what 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 batman did <laughs> there's you- nothing whenever whenever you get an argument about what batman would and wouldn't do it's just like oh god you come can, on is it anyone as an in- adult i would think that would be sort of uh, <laughs> some a reality check moment oh yeah that's that really is Anytime you want to, if you see two nerds and you want them to shut up, just go, this is made for children. And they have, n- there's no defense against that because it is. 
even like even like Dark Knight Rises, where like I like the dystopian version. That it, it's like he still got the fucking ears. It's yeah. still stupid. <laughs> it's just you couldn't get over dad needing booze more than you at some point. There you <laughs> go. Hey, did you just talk to your child inside of you? <laughs> is that what just happened? Did we witness? Yeah, my it? child is also wearing an I have issue shirt. <laughs> but did you have those conversations? Were there was there a point where you um? You realize that uh, where you'd have these conversations where you'd get a new issue of a comic book and you were disappointed and, and like, I don't know, this doesn't seem like something this guy would do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, you know, the, the biggest the biz- biggest example of that is uh, to, to most comic book fans is the Clone Saga, which was a mid-90s. The mid-90s are usually considered the time that comic books completely dropped off and got really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was what they revealed was that for the last ten years, the Spider-Man that you've been reading uh, is actually a clone. No, they can't and do they, that to your childhood. Oh, they did. No, my and God. And the story went on for three and a half years. He was his name was Ben Riley, and he was the clone. And I'm sure in the comments you'll get more added detail to this. But and it was it, and it just kept going on. How old were you when that happened? I was oh god I was um I was twelve and it was I, I stopped reading Spider Man I yeah. had a subscription I gave it up um, most people did if you ask a good amount of comic book fans when they stopped caring they, they'll say the Clone Saga because they just you know they killed Superman in in the early nineties and so then the industry realized we have to just keep doing these like shitty events to get people into it so then they broke batman's back they killed off and replaced green lantern you know was that when you realized it was all some sort of sham and that they had no respect for you as a child (laughs) with an active imagination who believed yeah well yeah it's like it's always that there's always that like really hopeless moment as as a as a kid when you realize oh wait they're just doing this for money i thought (laughs) it was so that i could sleep at night you know (laughs) It was like when the purity goes away, like because oh. back then, like all the covers were like really shiny and they had holograms. So and that stuff. was the day you lost your innocence. <laughs> was the clone saga? Well, it was either that or you know when 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 I when I fucked a fat girl that didn't love me at twenty three. But let's go with clone saga. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Go, let's go with the first one. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an evolution of losing one's innocence. <laughs> you, you, you eventually you lose it once, and then you just you know the rest of your life kill it. Oh you, yeah, you slowly strangle. Whatever childlike awe and wonder or hopes and dreams you had as but, each year passes. But what's amazing though is that like, but the part of you that is still a child that you that still lets you believe still um, lets you get hurt. Yeah, because like you know even like I just did see the Dark Knight Rises and I didn't like it that much. But I'm like, oh man, that Superman trailer looks good. <laughs> the cycle continues. <laughs> you know, it's just that it's always that I cried in the theater when the first Spider Man came out because of how much I hated it. And then at the end, I was like, man, I hope they get it right. The second one. <laughs> just, yeah. I, uh, did you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> did they get it right the second one? No. <laughs> well, it was a little better. Was what, better. What, what was missing, Mike? Um, I just, it, you know, when the first, like, it took him an hour to become Spider-Man. Um, he wasn't funny. Yeah. You know, and it's the thing is that, you know, when you, when you say the things like, oh, this character would do this and would do that, what you're really saying is, I would do this and I would do that. It's like, Spider-Man's funny because I'm funny. Yeah. And I make people laugh <laughs> and, and I want, you know, I feel like when, you know, 
there's no difference between when I'm in a room full of people watching Spider-Man and when I'm doing a set. Right. Either way, I feel like everything that I've invested in in my life is being judged. Right. <laughs> so you know, like when people are like, "I didn't like the Avengers," I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> you know, I just I don't I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> what, what 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 could they have done? I mean, yeah. I just I <laughs> did you like the Avengers? I loved it. Yeah. Well, so they did it right. Yeah, and there was humor, and it was, uh, and it had a good clip to it, and it know. justified all that pain. Yeah, yeah, it was like, here you go. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're here for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank God. I'm so glad. Well, I yeah. guess the, the jump from comics and wrestling to Marilyn Manson makes sense. There's a, the spectacle oh, yeah. of it. Oh yeah, just the theatricality yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And well, I would, I would go. There was this. I was often like, I mean, almost everything that I liked was originally because somebody else did and well, then I, I would that's stick yeah the way we grow but then I would stick around and like I would I would out like them in it and then they would like walk <laughs> away from it like I would have friends who like comic books but then I'd be the guy who knew everything about them like I don't want to talk to you anymore asshole <laughs> yeah. like I this I, isn't a competition yeah I love the Simpsons but then you know I would ruin it by quoting it all the time right I, I was big into Beavis and Butthead sure uh, I I I remember there was one time me and my friend uh we got t-shirts and we spray painted ac dc and metallica on the shirts like beavis and butthead sure. had and they um confiscated them because of the paint fumes were at school <laughs> yeah we just painted them ourselves and it just reeked of, were, like, you, were you high did you get high from the fumes i love it yeah i used to i used to sniff white out i was one of those kids white out yeah was that one of the things yeah. Not did you do the yeah, blue I'm, paint I'm, there, the paint or anything? Not really. It was yeah, paint sometimes, but mainly white out and shit. Yeah. And I was I was suicidal when I was a teenager. But so. were, you, were you sniffing paint like on purpose, like huffing, like putting it in a bag and doing the whole business, <laughs> or just it's no? Oh. Who the fuck that needs to do that? You just take a can of white out. There you go. <laughs> you get a good buzz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you were suicidal when you were how old? I was like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah. Like for reals? Yeah. I mean. I'm alive, so no. <laughs> you, know, you can't really, like, I wasn't really into it. <laughs> it's a good, it felt good to think about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, is it, I, can, I think in a certain disposition, there's something comforting about suicidal rumination. Oh, yeah, and when you're, when you're a teenager, um, you know, there are two things that, that give you power when you feel completely powerless, and one is telling people you don't believe in God in, in a place like Florida, you know? Sure. In New York, they just don't give yeah. a fuck. But yeah. like, in in Florida, like I and I was, you know, I I kind of grew up atheist, and there was, oh my god, I would love just ruining people's <laughs> Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do that? Oh, I would just, you know, I would talk to them about it, and you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no God, and okay. there was such a power in that, and then. You know, telling people that you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, like, it would be like, yeah, now they'll care. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> or, or now it's about me, anyways. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. by the second or third time you say it, and yeah. they, do it already, they see you come back to like pussy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. couldn't do it, huh? No, and I I thought about it. I attempted. You know, what you? How did you attempt to do that? Oh, it's the saddest. I I tried hanging myself. Oh no! Come in on, my man. in my in my <laughs> high school theater with the curtain rope. No. <laughs> really yeah. during a show I just had this like amazing like vision of like someone finding me and me just going end scene like it's just I was so over dramatic okay, comic book hero the, yeah the, the I was tragic end I was the kind of person then that would buy one of my albums now <laughs> <laughs>
So, so what? Uh, how did it pan out? I, uh... Uh, no, I, I was like, I was just like, you know, like there for like four minutes. It was hurting, but it, I didn't, I, I didn't hang, you know, like I didn't, you didn't. I was just standing there. You didn't dangle. There was no leverage. Oh, yeah. oh. But I thought I, I didn't know that. I was just like, yeah, this is how you do it. So you, you were know? alone in the school theater. Yeah, it was dark. Mm-hmm. And you were just there on on stage next to the curtain rope, and yeah. you just wrapped it around. I was one of those kids. Like, I would put BB guns to my head. I'm, I'm going to do it. You know? Right, sure. <laughs> the fucking BB gun. <laughs> yeah. But wh- when did the like when did the depression uh, take you over? I mean, w- was it always that? Would you feel like isolated or alienated, or yeah, was, it, or was mean, it clinical depression? Do you think? I mean, retrospect. I think it was many things. You know, I and I don't. I, I and I don't blame you know my parents or anything. Because I mean, when when it's all said and done, I had a good upbringing, and they're they're good parents. Um, but um, you know, you can't. Like, I had a seventh birthday party, and, and one person showed up. Come you on, know? yeah. I mean, that kind of shit, and that that stays with you. It for, does, right? Yeah, never never leaves. Like, you know, I I, st- I still don't have birthday parties. You know, it's like I'm not gonna put myself through that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. It's a, you know, there's some sad moments, uh, yeah. yeah. And even as an adult, it's like, what do you want to put that out there? It's like my birthday, and then what if uh, nobody comes? Yeah. Well, that's part of that whole. That that's weird. That is the part the the part of the kid in you that stays active is the thing that can get hurt. And, yeah. And, and for some reason. I guess you can kill that, but you don't want to because that's also the thing that you know. In, in, in it gives you the ability to appreciate things and feel. No, yeah. So it's this weird negotiation you have with this injured child. Like you know, oh, what if only one person comes? But I gotta still go to parties and stuff. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that was I just when um, the, the the second John Oliver that I did aired. Um, you know, my girlfriend, and a few other people was like, "Oh, you should have a viewing party." And I was like, "I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. It yeah. sounds weird." Yeah. And um, she was like, "Come on, do it." And I was like, "Well, I'm afraid if I don't invite someone, they're going to get pissed. Or what if someone doesn't show up?" Yeah. So I just put it on Twitter and Facebook. I'm like, "If you want to come, come and text me for the address." I'm like, "I'm not going to put my address on Twitter right. and Facebook." And this guy just wrote to me. He's like, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I'd like to show up if it's okay. And I had no idea who he was. Yeah, I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm right. sure no one came to his birthday party either. And, right. And we're sitting there, and, the you know, we, we watched the set, and, you know, my biggest fan uh, looks at me afterwards and goes, yeah, it was pretty good, but I'd seen it all before. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I would say. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he wasn't the only one there, was he? Oh, no, there were other people there. but <laughs> that would be, That'd be an amazing moment if yeah. he was the only one there. But then big. another friend, and then another friend, I was because I was like, man, this went better than I thought. He's like, maybe they sweetened it. I'm like, <laughs> Mario, you did this, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. And it's like, it's like maybe maybe it's better no one comes. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't the know. The depression but, you know versus the depression you don't. You I know, know, but like, are, are they, like, I'm very, you know, those kind of things hurt me too. But oh, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know that they're saying it to intentionally hurt you. Do you? I don't, I don't know. I, I just. Like, I'm trying to deal with that even with trolls, like on the internet and oh, stuff. Yeah. It's like, I know some of them intentionally hurt you. And then oh, there yeah. are some fans that, you know, I, I will think that everything is passive aggressive because yeah. I'm I'm sort of like so insecure on some level that any sort of slightly off comment I'm like oh, yeah you're just fucking you're what why would you fucking say that oh yeah and you can't not read to them yeah. i mean that's the 
So it's like you're justifying them because why the hell does this bother us? Why where oh, yeah. are our superhero powers just to sort of get through the day? Yeah. Where are those superhero powers? Yeah. Just not to be. Why so why thing. why why can't I be Superman instead of just feeling like that shitty five for fighting song Superman? <laughs> just look at YouTube. It's not easy to be me. I remember some like because I just uh, I started getting YouTube comments recently because my Conan sent one up there mm-hmm. and you know and it's like I was so happy about that and then just so the first one was boring oh, by a guy named Big Bad Motherfucker sure <laughs> you, know? you, you bored Big Bad Motherfucker <laughs> so what 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 could entertain a Big Bad Motherfucker you know? <laughs> <laughs> what in you could yeah. get, could bring him any sort of happiness yeah the- Big Bad Motherfucker sounds like someone who was like in a Mountain Dew commercial in the nineties. <laughs> he's probably some just he's probably a kid just like you. Just like Oh you know. yeah. yeah. What uh, but your mom was a comedian. I know that. Yeah. And at, at what age were you when she started doing that? Two. So okay, so like back in And the that 80s. that I let's just say that facilitated the divorce. That isn't the reason my parents divorced, but my dad did not support the idea of my mom doing comedy. Do you know what inspired her to do it? I I I I don't, but I I, I will say this, my uncle, um, you know, her brother uh is also a performer. So I'm gonna say my my grandma, who was a battle axe bitch, uh tough ass fucking hardcore like New York Jew is probably the reason uh, when because when both when you have two kids and they both get into it it's like yeah and 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 my grandpa was like a real sweetheart but my my grandma was the kind of person who would never say I love you uh, and so they probably had to seek that validation elsewhere. What what kind of performer is your uncle? Um, he did like characters and he did stand up and he was a he was like a commercial actor and and an actor. He was in the Big Apple Circus in the nineties and. Uh, he was in uh, Bullets Over Broadway, like in you know, like in a brief role, uh-huh. and uh, that it could happen to you movie with Nicolas Cage, and um, he was uh, the, it, it gets you right here and right here, a one steak sauce guy. He was, yeah, yeah. He had like a, a campaign for a little while. So uh, he did all right. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and when I moved to New York, like he he like took care of me. I he fed me like once a week and stuff, and I ran out of money, and he gave me a little bit of money. So that guy. He's all right, that guy. Oh yeah, he's he's the best. Is he still an actor? Is he a little bit? Um, you know, not as much. Uh, he he wanted to get back into it a little bit, and I and I tried helping him, but it was like tough because he used to do you know character work yeah. at the clubs, and yeah. they don't do that anymore. But like impressions or no, like he had he had characters that he uh-huh. would do, like you know, fully formed. Uh-huh. I mean, because back then there was no UCB or anything. Sure, you, sure. You got paid to, you know, do the stuff. And now they just take your money, <laughs> right? And he but did. it's like, yeah, but he he's like, I don't want to take fucking level, you know, yeah. one and two. <laughs> he's like, I, I'd spent you know ten years trying to feed my daughters doing this shit. I, I you know, yeah. I don't, I don't need to also. What's his name? Uh, Phil Stein. Uh huh. And did he like? Was he a comedy club guy? I mean, did he do comedy? I think so for a while. Yeah, like he knew Louis starting yeah. out, and, yeah. and, and a lot of those guys. It's so wild that you're a child of that generation. And your mom? Yeah. Did she ever do any television? No. How long did she do stand up for? I want to say like maybe twelve, fifteen years. Really? So you yeah. grew up? Were you being dragged to comedy clubs and? Not a lot. Well, you know the joint custody things. So right. A lot of the times you're you know, on weekends I, at your dad. Yeah. 
And she toured and she opened for people and she headlined or what? Yeah, she made, she stayed in Florida for the most part. Because like you said, she had a daughter, you know, um, when I was seven and, you know, family and stuff. Do you have a relationship with her, the daughter? I, oh, yeah, yeah, great relationship. She we were really sister. close. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I didn't have any friends uh, really growing up, so we would hang out all the time. I would take her to movies. And, uh-huh. you know, That's yeah. sweet. I just watched uh, the first half of the Woody Allen documentary, and he had a sister that was about seven years difference, and he uh, had a very you know, strong relationship with her. It must be nice to you know, sort of like, oh, I can take you. I got a friend. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was weird because like, you know, seven years is a huge yeah. gap. Yeah. Like, but I would get into the stuff. Like, I would watch, you know, Spice World with the Spice Girl movie all the time. <laughs> I, I could tell you the names of all the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And, uh-huh. and you know, I'll, and I'll say, oh, it's because my sister. But I kind of like this stuff, too. <laughs> so, it was that and Marilyn Manson, you know. <laughs> that, that didn't raise your status points, I guess, in, uh, in high school and whatnot. Yeah, and I and I think she was, you know, probably... It, if there was a re- if there was a reason I can go back and say why I didn't kill myself besides being a pussy, uh, it would it would be my sister. You know, yeah. it's like when you when you just when you just love someone and, and care about them, uh, they don't get into your act. Yeah, <laughs> that's why no one knows I have a sister. It's like what, what the fuck am I going to say about her? Yeah. You know? So oh, that's interesting. So you just like that's sacred in a way. Uh, yeah. So your your love for your sister sort of is the only bat the only sort of uh, shield against. Uh, paralyzing darkness that you yeah, had. Yeah, well, once Spider-Man was revealed as a clone. <laughs> <laughs> all you had was your sister. Yeah. <laughs> what, if she, what if it turns out she was uh, that all the time she was there for me? It was, <laughs> see, she wouldn't that be shitty. Uh, so did you, uh, did, you have, did you watch tapes of your mother's act and stuff? Or? Yeah, I, I did. And I, and I did see her a few times. And, you know, I remember... You know, when I was like 12 or 13, I saw her go up and my, my substitute teacher was the opener. This yeah. guy that I knew was yeah. a douchebag. Yeah. Like Jerry Curl, How a white guy. I was like, yeah, like 12 or 13. Yeah. So you went out to the club. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, it was like, it was like a steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a club. And and she went up and, you know, this this other guy that I, I knew went up and did like a, a Beavis and Butthead impression, which that was sacred to me. Like, you fucking asshole a kid or no one yeah 13 year olds don't like stand up for the most part yeah it's terrible well i did i mean i think i did i mean uh, like i liked funny people but i don't know like that level of stand-up having been on both sides of that having done my share of steakhouse gigs yeah yeah there's no way you're really going to transcend that environment but but a comedy night at a steakhouse stand-up is like the like the most self-absorbed art form and 13 is the most self-absorbed age right (laughs) so you're watching adults that i i can only imagine it, it came like what would, can you uh, like remember how you felt seeing your mom in that oh, situation I hated it and but were you sad i was angry i was just bored i was like why the, why the hell am i here was she getting laughs yeah she, she was good yeah you know i mean but it wasn't my style it's it's still not yeah um but uh, it's it's hard but i remember i didn't laugh at all and she called me out on it later and i was like well you didn't do anything to make me laugh <laughs> And it like broke her heart. <laughs> the, the honest kid. Yeah. Oh, did it? But that's, hurt him? you know, it's telling someone God doesn't exist. Well, it's you sort of like that, that power. Yeah. yeah. I'd heard it all before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're my mom. What do you want from me? Yeah. And it's just that, well, I mean, come on. What so do you want? I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that was the last time she asked you to come to a show. Yeah. <laughs> took you along. Well, you know, like, or that I, I didn't, I didn't get it either. You know, she would talk about me being eight or. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm 13 now. What the, what the fuck? Oh, you so know? she did material about you. Yeah, or uh, she did this whole bit about, you know, 
and my husband took my son to Hooters. I'm like, he doesn't take me anywhere. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I was like, I'd like to go to Hooters. Just, you know, fucking. Why are you making that shit up? Yeah, yeah. You, and he's not your husband. He's fake dad. <laughs> he's, Did you get along with that guy? <laughs> I'm Larry David and you get. You know, I've, I've, I've. Lo- I've learned to accept the things I cannot change. There and change you go. The things I can't. Yeah, <laughs> it sunk in. Yeah. yeah was, I, no, I never. I mean, but it's also if your if your real dad is still around, Down you're gonna the hate fake dad. Yeah. Fake dad sucks. Yeah. 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 And he's because you're fake son. You know, yeah. it's like he doesn't give a shit about you're just. I mean, you came with the package. Yeah. Me and my brother were anchors on a ship that <laughs> you know could never fully. <laughs> We were we were we you're, were at a you're, place. There. You're, you're the weights that your mother was tethered to yeah. when he got her. I mean, it, you were it, literally baggage. Yeah, and it says something about you know her and you know that she still wanted us there. And, yeah, and, and I mean, and it says a lot about both my parents that they made it work because in so many of those situations, someone just leaves. But they, I mean, they had an agreement that you know they would always live within twenty you know miles of each other until so, we were both eighteen. And do they still though? No, no. Oh yeah, it's like when I was eighteen. No. Who who took off? Um, well, it wasn't when I was eighteen, but my my mom took off in two thousand four, and they to the Poconos. They still live there. The last two years that my my mom and uh, dad were, were living near each other, they lived uh, six streets away from each other. My mom moved into the same trailer park yeah. that when my dad was in. Yeah. And that was like, to me, that was the best because any time I got in an argument there, I would just leave. And go down to the other Because, it, yeah, I used to get in arguments all the time with my, my mom and fake dad, and, and it would just, like, I would have to stay there and get, like, all pissy and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I don't have to take this shit. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. two minutes later, I'd just be back and, you know. Because oh, yeah. oh, right. at that point, I was living with my dad full time. At, at the trailer park? Yeah. So I, I guess that, that's an easier agreement to make when it's just a walk across the lot. Yeah, I don't need. Can this. I live with my dad? Sure, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah, you don't owe me. Yeah, and it just like, how would they fucking end up in the same trailer park? And what the hell is the what's trailer park life like? Um, we were in the we were in the night we were in Paradise Village, which is like like the best trailer park, but, <laughs> which but is the, still the worst house. Yeah. So, okay, so they, they were they were lots that had pre-existing- They're mobile homes. They're mobile homes, but did you have to buy your own mobile home and drive it in, or was it just there? No, they're, they're there. They're stationary. Okay, okay. But it's a, yeah, it's a trailer park. I mean, they're really poorly made. Um, but like, so where where I was, was there was like a hub of them. There were yeah. like four or five different, there was like King's Manor and Western Hills and- you know, and you know they're like kind of the factions, <laughs> right? And um, we, we, yeah, we lived definitely in the in the nicest one, and it had like its own like little lake and, and a little park and stuff. And um, what, Mike? What's the difference between a trailer park and a and a development though? If they're stationary, I mean, you, if you couldn't drive the your... quality, I mean, because they were they were driven there oh. and then parked, right? Okay, <laughs> so they had wheels or no? They originally did, and, and they then they built them. them up on foundation. So was that? But it's like all that plasticky outside, you know, where like it looks like wood, but yeah. it's not. That's a trailer park, right? But like, what what was like? Would you? I have to assume that that the proximity to other people was in, insanely close. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got neighbors here. I, I see them occasionally, but I imagine with the trailer park that everybody just wants to get out of their homes. Oh, yeah. So they're just milling about or sitting outside. Yeah. What was it, mostly retired people or desperate people? There were or? some, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of poor people and stuff. Um, you know, it was, like you said, like the other, some of the other ones were, were trashier, but there was definitely trashiness. But it's also like, you know, it's like living on the fault line. Uh, you know, you're on borrowed time in those places. Because they could, I mean, I remember, um, you know, and I know we're jumping all over the place, but like when I was, uh, I th- the, the genesis of how I started comedy, if you had to like really pin it down was, I, I started a week after this happened, but Hurricane Wilma in 2005 yeah. uh, came through and I, my dad made me go to a shelter. He he was already with someone else, and he's like, "You gotta just go and you know, please." And and, and why? Because he had chick. Yeah. Uh huh. And so I, I I went I went to the shelter, and it was like one of the most depressing. I'd never been to a hurricane shelter, and it and it truly made me feel like you were alone. Yeah, I was. I truly felt abandoned. Like yeah. I was like, I'm in this fucking shitty shelter, and it's like. And there are some sad people in, in a hurricane shelter. There was, I remember there was a... Well, I there. would think that'd be the only kind of people that would... Yeah. <laughs> when we were, you know, the eye of the storm, yeah. like when you're like right in the eye of a hurricane, it's like really calm. Yeah. I remember this guy like was breaking down the barricade so he can run out and smoke a cigarette during the eye before it got really shitty again. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, like... I ended up befriending like this like eighty year old like veteran, like, yeah. this like old like hardened you know anchor yeah. tattoo badass, yeah. And we got along great because you know, we 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 both were able to sound you know sheltered and defeated in the same way. And we and it was and and I'd been working at McDonald's for you know almost six years at that point, so I was something of a local celebrity in the because they all the people there knew me because these were all my customers, yeah. And they were like, hey, McDonald's guy. It yeah. was so... How old were you? I was 22. At the, the shelter. At the shelter, yeah. And I remember the veteran guy, he takes me back that Monday morning after the hurricane hit, and we drive through Paradise Village, and it's like, you know, one home is fine, and then two are destroyed. One's fine, and then five are destroyed. You know, there's tree like. Because that's that's how it is when you live in those places. In, in my place, there was like a hole in the roof, and there was all this water. I, I you know, a lot of my comic books got destroyed, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that your mom's place, or your dad's place. Uh, it was this is my my dad's place. I I fully when I was when I was sixteen, I I fully chose to live with my dad full time. Once I went, well, or I think. 15 when I went to high school he also was working at a hospital so he would be there to he wasn't a doctor or anything but he was like an engine like a maintenance like engineer guy and he was there to like uh hold the door shut and, and all of that and so y'all came home to a roof ripped off and yeah comic books ruined yeah and um you know there was no electricity for you know a little bit and 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 I remember uh I had a manual typewriter yeah <laughs> and and I wrote, you know, my first jokes on it, and and I started stand up like a week later because like there's like something like the futility of that, like realizing that you could just that you know, oh, right that you have no control over anything. Yeah, right? and then and and it was like this ultimate thing of like, well, I wish I was dead in 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 the shelter, but I could have been dead. 
said in the trailer, like, oh, there's nothing safe. There's yeah. nowhere I want to be right now. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was studying to be a teacher at the time. That's what I was going to do. I was going to teach English. I had almost all of my credits. I was, I was a, you know, all I had left was the 90 hours of student teaching in like two classes. And I realized I don't want to do this with my life. And so that moment where it, that was like some sort of deep realization that like, yeah. this is all so fragile. Yeah. And, and it, at any point it can be taken away. Yeah. And I remember in the shelter, I was making people laugh a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, because they were like, everyone's afraid. Everyone's terrified. And we all knew because a lot of the people whose homes were destroyed, those were the people I was talking to in the shelter. Yeah. I knew, I knew some of those people and I knew their homes were fucked. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And after that, you're like, well, what? I mean, it's all, you could die any day. And it's like, then why? Do something you don't like. Why do something shitty and selfish like teach English when you could be a selfless, compassionate person? <laughs> do stand-up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Realizing that. <laughs> I think you got those switched around. Yeah, but I, I mean, there was so much about being a teacher that I realized. Because that's, that's when I was 15, I was like, that's what I'm going to do, you know, if, if, if I don't kill myself. I, re uh. I remember also when I was, I was 15, I'd, I'd made a pact with myself that if I was – uh, you know, thirty, and I wasn't happy. Then I would, then I would end it all. Like if I didn't have the exact life that I wanted, yeah, I was like, I'll throw it all away. You know, so you're kind of hard on yourself, though. Oh yeah, and yeah. then and then I had all these like fake attempts anyway after fifteen, right? <laughs> you know, but when 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 he started writing jokes, I mean, the feeling was that like you know I can control this, or, or that I can at least uh, like I, I always I always wonder about that when when you write jokes. And 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 you're you're a joke writer, so like you started writing things down, and so they gave you relief, and you were like, "Oh, that's funny," or "This is yeah. like, it's like a little puzzle," and then you got excited. What was it? Where'd you go on stage for the first time? Well, I I had been doing teen poetry since fifteen. Oh no! So I was I was I was like the I was I mean I was a goth who couldn't afford to dress like a goth. <laughs> you know, you it's like it's funny like. Like going to like Hot Topic is so much more expensive than like Abercrombie and Fitch or The Gap. Yeah, like it, it costs so much more to look shitty yeah. <laughs> than it does to dress nice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I couldn't afford eyeliner and all that. I shaved. I shaved my eyebrows when I was when I was uh, seventeen. Um, and I, I didn't, I hadn't even seen Pink Floyd's The Wall. I just thought it was cool. I was like, cause you know, I was like, I'm going to show people yeah. the darkness within. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want any shelter between my eyes. So I, I shaved off, I shaved off my eyebrows and for, you know, this was the week I was at my dad's and he dropped me off at my mom's. She was like, you let him shave his eyebrows. He's like, I didn't notice. I don't look at him. <laughs> I don't look at him. Yeah. So what what is teen poetry? Um I uh you know I would I would write poems. I would I I wrote I wrote like slam poetry and that kind of stuff. And uh, you do it in front of people? Yeah. And uh you know my like my dad would drop me off at the library and um and they it was yeah it was uh it was a teen poetry like thing at, at the library which So you were on a, a, a there was a, a group of people that did it? Yeah, but I wasn't in like, right. I wasn't in a team. Right. Because um, they kicked me out like when I was like, you know, like 18 and a half. They're like, you've been doing, they cut me off. <laughs> like, you've, you've been here Because I would, I would go with like seven or eight poems and everyone else. It was like all, you know, like 12 year old girls <laughs> would have like one or two poems and, and I would just dominate. <laughs> would you bring the darkness? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'd shit on the other poets and stuff. There, then they were like, "No, get get out of your asshole." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't do. I need this. Well, I because and I, even then I was like, "This is what's keeping me alive." <laughs> it, well, kind of is, you know. Yeah. I mean, I used to write poems and you know in college, and I started writing them in high school, but there was nothing. There was no teen poetry. There was no slam poetry. There was no nothing. I remember I wrote these poems because we had an assignment in an English class, and I read them, and of course they're really heavy hearted. And dark, and just sort of like full of like longing and weirdness. And uh, you know, like I remember reading a couple, and my teacher was like, the whole the whole class was like, "What the fuck? Yeah. It just happened." Everyone's reading these couplets and these ridiculous poems, and I was like doing free verse about you know why, how come I hadn't lost my virginity yet? And I've been in a lot of ways that that's what got you into comedy. I guess, but the I didn't, power of that probably I didn't yeah. get yeah. But the power was that where people were like, "Holy fuck, what's wrong with this guy?" Like <laughs> my like my teacher was like, "Oh, that's that's uh, that's very nice." <laughs> Mark, that's right. You know, with that. Weird... But you didn't see that as glamorous at all. Well, I think I enjoyed the effect. Yeah, uh, you know that it had an effect on people. You know, and I can't say that some of my comedy hadn't did does not have the same. Effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That... You know, it took me a while to you know maybe up maybe till last year to sort of just focus on the laugh and not to like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But you were getting laughs with the poems. Um, a, a little. <laughs> unintentionally sometimes yeah i mean i did i did slam poetry when george bush was president so you could imagine the horrific shit that i i just listened to and, and the machine the corporate structure that rips you apart yeah. that pisses in your heart that makes you sing the, oh, the, all that <laughs> that that awful poet cadence yeah, sure, yeah. sure yeah well i mean but you, you had something to say man you were angry and it was a, it was a, a, temp, <laughs> yeah. a template through which to express your discontent yeah and so uh, the place that i i did that a lot the chocolate mousse is where i first did stand up and i did i did i want to say i did like a five minute set and then i did a song called kiss a terrorist about like why don't you kiss a terrorist about it was, it was all about um like xenophobia and stuff it was like a country song yeah about you know like hating liberals yeah it was a satire yeah. Do do you uh do you play guitar? No. I, I couldn't sing at all. <laughs> Which made it better. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I remember um I was I was up there and um oh, it, oh one of the lines was if I knew you were cool with Jews, you'd be the first one on my list. Oh good, yeah. And there was this woman who had like one of the waitresses there had like a star of David necklace and everything. Yeah. And I remember you know like She's like, you can't do that here, and you know, um, and you know, I'd been going for years with poems. And no one ever told me anything. My first time doing comedy, I was already censored. I loved it. It was the <laughs> best. Was like, you and then, it. and then I went back and like was even darker and edgier. Like, you can't silence me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see the first. Yeah, the first time was five minutes in a song, and then, and then I and I didn't do anything. Um, I just kept writing that whole week. I went back to that same place the next week and did 17 minutes of all mostly different stuff. And you were just provoking people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very specific type of attention. Yeah. That kind of like, um, you, know, where you, you know, at first people were like, well, I'm going to tolerate this guy. And they just see their face turn into like, who the fuck? This but some of the people like liked it. And, of course, you know, of course, because it shakes shit up. Yeah, one of one of my like the 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 first closer that I ever had that first set by last joke was uh, they say that laughter is the best medicine. So I went to a children's cancer hospital and laughed at everybody. 
<laughs> How'd that go? Some people liked it, but a lot of people didn't. And then I just, I don't know why I kept writing cancer material. So so then I did the 17 minutes and then the third, because after that second set, this guy was like, hey, I know this woman who runs like a comedy show. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And it was like in West Palm Beach. And I went and it was a lesbian bar and, and I did 10 minutes and I did this whole thing about breast cancer. Yeah. Because, you know, my, it, a part of it was like, yeah, I'm edgy, but a part of it too was, well, this is all I have. Like, this is, these are the jokes I wrote, and I have to tell the jokes I wrote. Right. You're three weeks in, and you got to say stuff. Yeah. And so, and, and and in my mind, that was like the best joke that I had had. That, what was the joke? It was this whole, I just did this whole like act out about like breast cancer porn, like, what do you want to take off your top or your hair? You know that kind. Of, it was terrible, but yeah. and they were booing me. A guy threw a bottle at me, and you know, like the sound of that bottle shattering behind me was basically the sound it made was "You will be in this forever." Yeah, this is the life that you have chosen. <laughs> if you if someone throws a beer bottle at you and it, it and it doesn't <laughs> hit you, and uh, you get a reaction, I mean, because. I mean, in my mind, it was also, I'd done all this teen poetry for years. No one really cared. I told all these people I was going to kill myself. No one really cared. I finally got the thing that I had been seeking all those years. Yeah. The the acknowledgement. Yeah. Like a, a crashing beer bottle. Yeah. You're like, I'm people, making an, an People impact. finally showed up to my seventh birthday party, even if it was just to tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> they were there. You know? <laughs> and it was like, that's it. And I'm, I'm hooked. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. Well, I also think that, you know, just judging, you know, listening to uh, th- that kind of weird mortality fear that, you know, one of the ways I, I think that morbid um, fascination or, or dark jokes, it's sort of like it, it makes you bigger than that fear. That like you know, even though it may be disrespectful yeah. to cancer survivors or whatever, when you're making cancer jokes, you, somehow or another, you're bigger than cancer in that moment. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, because it's like when you make these like jokes about death and all that, you know, people don't realize like, oh no, but I've been thinking about how I'm gonna been how I'm gonna die all this time. Right. <laughs> like this is something I'm really into. <laughs> well, it's a delicate line to to ride. You know, if you're gonna continue along that that. It's like how much do you want to offend, and if you have any compassion at all for people or victims or or people you don't know or people that may be in pain because of specific things, you know, how do you balance, you know, that the disposition of darkness that you want to be you yeah. with the fact that you know, well, are you a nice guy? You know, because it's really hard to say, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, talking about rotting breasts for fifteen minutes, and yeah. <laughs> walk up, you know, walk up to an audience member, and go, huh? Yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah, you know, and, uh, and it's weird how it shifts too, because like I, I've I've realized, you know, I, I mean, the older that that I get, you know, it's like. That whole thing when I started, you know, I had so much fun causing that reaction and right. all that. And now it's like I am more cautious and I don't know if that's a thing of like, you know, slight success or I think it's maturity. But like I remember, you know, when, when the Batman shootings happened, uh, you know, a couple months ago and, you know, if that, if I was 22 when that happened, I would have had 20 minutes on it. You yeah. Know? Right. And I, would, <laughs> I, I probably would have too. Yeah, and 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 instead, it was like I didn't wear ba- my Batman shirts for two weeks. I I had a I have a, I have a school <laughs> shooting joke that I've completely gotten out of my act. You know, it's basically uh, I was banned from my high school prom. 
because the girl asked me if I was going to go, and I told her I didn't have enough bullets for everybody. <laughs> and to this day, I still regret not having enough bullets for everybody. It's the last time you'll ever hear that joke. I you, can't. You, I can't do it anymore. Really? Because because I know what it evokes. Yeah. It, you know. It, oh, you mean because of recent events? Yeah, and also I sent it to three different, you know, like standards and practices type things. It's been rejected every time, and it's like okay, and. You know, there was that old thought of like, no, man, but I'm right, and fuck these people, and now it's like, oh, yeah, no one wants to think about that. <laughs> right, I, I guess, yeah, you got to pick your battles. Yeah. You know, and I and I also think that, uh, you know, the need to provoke that type of reaction from an audience has sort of dissipated for you because, you know, you've got more to you and more to your brain, and you have an interesting way of looking at the world, and you have an interesting life experience. You don't really need to walk in front of people so they'll go, fuck you. Yeah. And <laughs> at some point, you're sort of like, yeah, I, I think I might have gotten into this because I wanted people to like me. Yeah. <laughs> and what's amazing, too, is that what, you know, people are like, oh, well, I have to just give up these jokes. Yeah, but what you get in return is you get to really hate the people that are still doing them. And that is almost worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking asshole. You have no sensitivity at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a fine line. I mean, I still like when you when you told me that joke. I mean, it's not a bad joke. I mean, there's yeah. no, you know. But I guess because of uh, you know, the freshness of that recent event, you know, a Columbine reference kind of it, it's no longer relevant. Yeah. You know, in the shadow of that thing. Yeah. So it, it's not really about uh, w- worrying about the victims or anything else. It's just sort of like, well, you know, that that event kind of fucked up my Columbine reference. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we lost 13 people in a great joke. This was a real tragedy. <laughs> Another thing was shot that night. <laughs> there you go. And I'm See, sure someone right now is seething. Like, why are you? You can't do that. And, I, yeah, don't I don't know if they are. I, I think that everyone's confused and frightened all the time. And, oh, and, yeah. But what about this, uh, you know, the, this McDonald's for six years? I, I still find Seven. Out. <laughs> I was like, "Don't take that away from me." It's like almost like you were trying to help me. Look, I will take a year away of this. No, it's mine. <laughs> but when did you start working there? Uh, when I was uh, sixteen, uh, May sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, to December twenty eighth, two thousand six. To to twenty one or twenty two? Uh, almost uh, twenty three, I believe. Yeah. What was that about? <laughs> it was. Just, it couldn't have just been about money. Um, that was for the passion. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, no, you know, when you're when you're 16, you know, your your parents say to you, get a fucking job. Yeah, you know, and that's it. Go to McDonald's, and like it's classic. I've you know, and I I don't I've never driven a car before ever. No, how'd you get here? I someone drove me, but I've been I've been busing all around town most of this week, which has been really fun because I've been going on like on all these meetings and they're like, Tell me about your journey. I'm like, I could tell you about the one I just took if you want. I just <laughs> I wanna believe that like the thirty people I'm on the bus with are my entourage. Yeah. Look, look, I know I'm nothing to you, but I'm huge in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing the busing around LA. Yeah. It's going all right? It's all right, yeah. It's a good system? It's decent. Yeah? It's rough. Where are you staying? Uh, Los Feliz. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and so, I, it's it's so weird. I had another conversation with somebody else about taking a bus in LA, and I just, I've never done it. But you, you're not thinking twice about it. You don't you don't have a driver's license. No, and if someone says you've got a meeting, you go. So where'd you bus to? What meetings? Where, where at, uh, at what, uh, oper- what organizations? <laughs> just general meetings at uh, networks and stuff? Yeah. That's hilarious. That kind of stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, different... How's they, how are they going? 
Um, I'm still unemployed. So <laughs> I mean, no, I think they're okay. I, I, it's you know, it's 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 been it's been weird because you know they'll um, you know me for casting is you know weird because it's like you know they'll ask me to you know it's like tell tell me about yourself and and you know and I do and and it's in this variety and you know and I'm and I'm joking about it cuz it's I I do think it's always important if you're going to say depressing shit you have to make it you know light and palpable people say it's like oh you're always on it's like you don't want to see me when I'm off. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Why? Why wouldn't I be? That, that sounded like a superhero character. Yeah, but it's like I'm not. I can't plainly just talk about working at McDonald's for seven years. Why would you want to hear that? It would be depressing. But what? Know? But what was it that kept you there anyway? So you, just because you were there and it was comfortable, or I mean, yeah, I mean, not, well, not, yeah, it was I'm that, not judging you, but it's a no, long time. No, I'm judging me. Okay. <laughs> And every time I, I talk about it to people, I have to question that. I have to look back because I never, I never once thought about it when I was there. But it was a gig, and it gave you something to do. It gave your life yeah. structure. It gave you a few bucks. It gave you a uniform. It gave a. a it was context. the most degrading thing ever, though. I, I still have nightmares about it. Really? Like yeah. what are the nightmares? Uh, that I'm working there. Like at least, at least. Oh, oh, the only thing you realize in your dream is that I'm working at McDonald's. No, but all the shit that happened, like, you know, people yelling at me and, you know, uh, the way that people treat you in the drive-thru is the most degrading, humiliating. Nothing nothing that has ever happened to me in comedy even comes close. Being heckled doesn't mean anything because they can't see your face and they just yell at you. The, the way that people treat you is degrading. The pay, I, I started at 5.25 an hour left with 645 after like four or five raises i mean that's you know well, does, do you ever think that there's some part of you that 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 thought you deserved that treatment yeah oh yeah definitely and do you know what that... i hated myself yeah yeah i had no confidence and you know i've realized like almost everything i've ever done in life i've either been horribly overqualified for or fearfully underqualified for right and now, but now, because like, you know, you worked with me in New Jersey and your fucking comedy's excellent. And, you know, you figured out, uh, you know, your voice up there and who you are and you can perform for anybody. You're not a specific act. You're not like, you know, like, oh, we work for nerds. You, yeah. you know, you're writing good jokes and you're, I, the thing I love about you is that when you get up there, like the, the regular sort of, you know, towny crowd is like, yeah. oh, what the fuck is this now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then within two minutes, they're like, I get it. Yeah. I get this. <laughs> this guy's funny. Yeah. And they're they're definitely not laughing, you know, in in an awkward. You know, you just you figured it out. It's a, it's beautiful to see. I but like, appreciate that. Yeah, hell yeah. So like like I, now I'm curious about like what comes through that speaker at the drive through. Look, I just so. I just Wikipedia and it says that Spider Man was never a clone. That's <laughs> that's what you gave me. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. What'd you How say? could that be the most degrading thing? The drive through speaker, because the way that people. First of all, even when you're polite, you're yelling at it. Yeah. Now, do you do you want me to go into like the the workings of all of it? Well, and, no. I I know there's a speaker. You lean out your window and go, Yeah, but, could I have a? But here's what you don't know: when you when the car pulls up to that window, um, so that the employee knows that they're there, it goes like really loudly yeah. so you're already off on a bad start you're like a fucking it's a it's a scenarian box you yeah know, and like, it you know. like i would i would have to lift the headset from my ear because it was that like it would ring so every time like a conditioned response like and you're dealing with you know hundreds of those a day because you're, you're wearing the headset yeah 
So it's uh, it, you're literally a rat in a cage. And yeah, got to go be yelled at. And you're you're taking orders. You're you're having to. This is sad. They also make you you're you're putting um, the Happy Meals together. Yeah, you, you you know the little cardboard boxes. You're assembling them, and you're putting the toys and the cookies in. Yeah. It's like all this fun stuff for kids yeah. while people are yelling at you. Yeah. So, so here for someone who still might have a childhood. <laughs> yeah. And you're stacking them up, and you know you're always like whatever. Uh, whenever you're not working, you're having you have to do dishes. You know, there's all this other stuff that they they make you do, and uh, while you're while you're taking people's orders. So I I could I could be cleaning a bathroom, and then I hear that, and I have to rush. Like if it's slower, you know, and um, so and that's where I wrote my first jokes while taking people's orders. Yeah, you know, after the manual typewriter thing, but when I was like on a really moving, yeah. yeah. Like the the first great joke, you know that 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 I wrote that I I still use the whole I I came from a long line of alcoholics. My family tree has a car wrapped around it. Yeah, was because I saw a dude with a beer bottle between his legs. Yeah, and really? just hoped that he die. Yeah, <laughs> he's a drunk driver, and you know, and I wrote that that was like four or five months in, yeah. and um, but yeah, so yeah, the way that people yell at you, um, the smell, yeah. You can you can't you can't clean it off. Like you will always smell like French fries yeah. as long as you work there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the way that the way that people yell at you is that you know hello, and then they're often gruff. They're very no one says thank you. Yeah. You know or please. Yeah. It's just this really humiliating. When you when you work there, you sign a thing. Uh, you know, like not a contract but you know like terms of agreement type thing and one of the things is that you're not ever allowed to accept tips as if anyone would anyway but they just that that extra crush <laughs> you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh if my you God. dared to believe um so yeah. I, I could see how that could be nightmare inducing yeah and just um the way people you feel like a whore they just stick you know the money in your face like because you know you'll be taking another order here here you know yeah. that that kind of stuff it's just a complete like uh, and, and i think i'm guilty of that too where you know you they don't even acknowledge you as a person yeah you're just this you're not you're nothing you and i would you? work from six to two so i would i would i would wake up you know <sighs> at like yeah, the the one thing that I always had was I made sure that I would show up at least five minutes late, and that was my way of saying you don't own me. <laughs> that, was, that was your protest. Yeah, and it, it felt so good every day. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, fuck what you. Are you gonna, you can't fire me. Yeah, you no need one gets me. fired there. Yeah, you need me. And I mean, and so, and, and then so there's that the way you know that you're treated by the uh, you know customers, but then there's also the rotating nature of it. So anytime you got close to someone or befriended them, they would leave, you yeah. know, to being a, there seven years. That's like, the saddest thing I ever heard. Yeah. That's really depressing. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew uh, a, a woman there who was 30 years old and her 15 year old daughter also worked there. And the 15 year old was pregnant. Yeah. There was always a pregnant person. There was never not a pregnant person. And he saw all these people come and go. Yeah. Just wives passing through this weird automation. Yeah. Like there'd be a dude. I remember this one guy. He's like, oh, I love comic books. Left the next week. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. It, just, it felt like he was like Quasimodo, just ringing the fucking <laughs> bells every day. Did and, anyone ever come back and go, you're still here? Oh, yeah. Like this I had teachers and guidance counselors in the drive-thru, and they would just look at me and be like, mm. You oh know my that. God! This is like you—you—you you, you, you sort of volunteered for this n- 
public humiliation. Yeah, it fucked up, up my skin. I had bad acne. You know, it's just like the worst. Well, does it make your victory any more sweet? It 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 does. Well, it also you know it's yeah. I mean, it's the most humbling thing ever. But but then imagine you know all this stuff that I just told you. Imagine me doing that in an ABC casting meeting. <laughs> 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 and it just like <laughs> there's no lighting, but it somehow gets dimmer, and you know. <laughs> So you're telling that story all around town? <laughs> well, because they, they asked. They're like, tell me your story. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so you're still doing it. Fuck yeah. them. <laughs> well, here, here's what I can offer you here at the end. Uh, do you want a ride? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks for talking, man. That is it. Mike Lawrence. Uh, lovely man. Honest man. Very funny guy. The real deal. He lives for comedy. All right. Uh, what do we got to say? Enjoy your weekend. Come see me at uh, Helium in Philly if you're around. Come down from New York because I'm not going to be there until next year if you want. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. The Boomer Lives t-shirts are flying off the shelves. Christmas time is here. Buy yourself a Mark Marin thing. Or just go there and look around. Uh, get the app. Get the premium app. Get the premium app. Get the first 100 uh, episodes on DVD, MP3 files. Uh, get some swag. Get a bag. Get a sticker. Get a poster. Get a t-shirt. I don't think I have hats. Do I need to get hats? Is that what you people want? Do you want hats? Mm. All right, look. I'm done here. Have a good weekend. Um... Let me know what your Enneagram type is. What number are you? So I know whether or not we'll get along. And uh, send me some information on Gurdjieff. And I like records. Every day is Christmas. Can we think of it that way? What am I talking about? That's not even my thing. Boomer lives! Boomer lives!